are listening to A State of the Union, estate planning made simple. Here's your host, Brad Wewell, from the Wewell Law Firm in Austin, Texas. Hi, this is Brad Wewell with the Estate of the Union, and uh, we use this podcast to bring you things about the legal world focused primarily on estate planning issues because we're an estate planning law firm here at Texas Trust Law. Uh, we just are changing our name for the WeWell Law Firm to Texas Trust Law. The state bar of Texas passed a, a new thing that allows us to go by a trade name. So we've had our websites with Texas Trust Law and our emails Texas Trust Law. So we thought we'll just change the name of the firm to Texas Trust Law. So um, not very creative, but there you go. Uh, but speaking of creative, um, one thing that I've learned in my 25 years or so of practicing estate planning is that people want to focus on the money and the assets and who's going to get what and when and why, but they don't focus on the most important aspect of their lives, which are the memories. And I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, and you know this is true, the money will be spent. It will not be spent in the first 15 minutes. It will all be spent eventually. But it's the memories, the memories that we want to capture because we would like to be remembered for something and remembered by someone for something. And the problem is writing a will or a trust on white paper with black ink and saying what you want to say from a legal standpoint is not personal at all. It's that we added a paragraph to our revocable trust this year to tell everybody, look, this is a cold legal document, but just because it's a cold legal document doesn't mean we don't love you. We do love you, <laughs> right? Right. Simple things like that, but it's so it's so obvious but it's so overlooked. So I am thankful to have Michael O'Krent here today. And Michael O'Krent uh, has a phenomenal company called Life Stories Alive. And what Michael's company, Life Stories Alive, does is capture those memories. And if we can capture your memory, the memory of you right now, the memory of your parents, the member, memory of other people important in your life now, then when you're gone, when they're gone, those memories are still there and captured for subsequent generations and maybe forever and ever, amen. So I don't know who my great, great grandparents were. I don't know who my great grandparents were. I do know my grandparents. I never knew my grandfather on my father's side. Um, he died uh, when I was like a year and a half old. I would have great stories about him, but I wish I knew more than I do. So Michael uh, O'Krent, thanks for coming to the estate of the Union. Tell us about Life Stories a lot. Thank you, Brad. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a totally different business, in a family business. As a matter of fact, was the fourth generation in a family business. Fortunately, my brother still runs that. My son is the fifth generation. All right, business. very good, very good. Retail carpet has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the honor and privilege between 1996 and 2000 to be trained by the best in the world. And I interviewed Holocaust survivors for Steven Spielberg's foundation, mm. the Survivors mm. of the wow. Visual wow. History Foundation. And it's one of those things that you do on a volunteer basis and it, it 
changed my life. I bet it did. I I I I learned the the uh, the the chill, really, the chill that that I get when I sit across from somebody. All I do is ask questions, but it brings out the essence of the individual. So those memories, as you mentioned, can be captured forever, and future generations can connect to these people, like you weren't able to connect to your great grandparents, right? Right, right. That's just an amazing thing. And, and ladies and gentlemen, again, this is this is so important to not waste time. I mean, you interview people with Cindy, uh, my wife and I uh, had Michael do our life stories uh, last year during COVID. And uh, it was an amazing experience. And uh, we spent about, gosh, six hours uh, or so with Michael just asking us questions and then he takes it back and, and does some things. But tell me um, really how somebody, uh, let me back up, not how, who you normally work with in life mm. a lot. Um, most of my clients are the children or grandchildren of the people that I'm interviewing. Okay. Because they have a great appreciation of the people's stories and they don't want those stories to be buried with them, uh -huh. Uh -huh. right? Now, in some cases, the clients themselves are the interviewees like you, but you know the value because uh, you've seen it all too often in the work that you do. Uh -huh. When these wonderful people who you've done work for pass away and at the funeral, and I hear it all the time, oh, this story about this one and this one, people find out, and relatives and children and grandchildren find out stories about this person that they never knew before. And wouldn't it be better to have those stories in the voice of the person who lives Absolutely. in Absolutely. the facial expression? That's why I do my work on video. Yeah, good, because I hear it at the funeral and I walk out and I forget it, mm -hmm. or I don't tell it to my kids, right? Right. Or, I mean, yeah, how often do we do that? My mom is gonna have, she died this year of COVID at 94, so good run, mom. Um, we're gonna have a celebration of life and we're trying to collect stories, but we didn't get a chance to do, uh, back when, I, when we met Michael, she was already having some mental health issues and uh, wouldn't be a good candidate, but, had we caught it sooner, mm -hmm. then we'd have Bob there. I hear that all the time, Brad. When people find out the kind of weird and unique business that I do, I hear all too often, you know, I wish I would have known you X number of years ago before grandma or grandpa died. Yeah. All the time. Right. Right. And um, yeah, it's 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 a wonderful it's 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 fun. Actually, it's people, people think of the horrible stories, people think of the trauma, people think of all of this. And yes, that's part of it. But we have a lot of fun in the work that we do, too. Yeah, because I would think some of the questions you ask are, again, hard questions. Uh, oh, yeah. Or, or, or give hard stories back. Right, right. People think that the questions are about factual things alone. I graduated and, high school in 1970, whatever. Exactly. Right. And it's not just what happened. But how did you feel about what happened? Mm -hmm. Those are the questions that most people don't ask their loved ones. You know, you're telling me about this thing that happened to you when you were young, but how did you feel about that? And what are the greatest lessons that you learned mm. from that experience? Fantastic. Right? Because as a parent myself and now a grandparent, um, very few parents that I've ever known want their kids to make the same mistakes that they made. Right. Absolutely. And so the best way to not make the same mistakes that you made is to tell the story. Yeah. And in fact, I remember when Cindy and I did ours, I'm not a, 
weepy, crying kind of guy, but you asked me something about how Sid and I met and our relationship, and I just teared up just like that, and it was like, what? But I did, and uh, so it's, it, it does bring out these emotions. But Michael, I think we were, you were sharing with me that there was there's a personal story in your life that you yeah. wish you had had a chance to capture. Tell us about that. Absolutely. I was told for the longest time that I was most like my great-grandfather. Okay. Uh, my paternal great-grandfather died when I was two years old. And my mom has verified that, and they say that I, 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 I'm the tallest one in the family. He was six foot, I, I'm mm -hmm. six foot. Everybody mm -hmm. else is shorter. Mm -hmm. They say my personality was like him. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I have about him, I have no voice about him. I've never heard his voice. Sure. Not, there's no recording of his voice. But when I was doing my mom's life story, there was a Super 8 video of her wedding reception. Oh, okay. How and cool. I saw my great-grandfather in that. And so I got to just see 10 seconds of him. Right. But what I wouldn't give to have him tell his story. And he, right. And uh, if I can briefly tell this one story that my mom has verified. We would go over to their house, my great-grandparents' house, for the Sabbath meal, Friday night, right? So we sit down, and there's a prayer over the wine, and everybody gets wine, everybody drinks sure, a little bit sure, of wine. So sure. I'm two years old. Right. I'm in a high chair, less than two years old, in a high chair next to my great-grandfather, right? So we have the blessing over the wine, we have the blessing over the bread, the candles, and, mm -hmm. and we have the meal. My mom says, almost every Friday night, before the main meal was served, almost at the same time my great-grandfather and, and I were asleep. <laughs> because we kind of like our wine a little bit too much. That is a great story. But I would have loved to have known this man. Oh, uh, you know, and I had that same place with my grandfather who died, but when I was two or before I was two, and uh, he was a beer uh, truck driver, yeah. so he drove a beer truck, I and uh, he would drive from St. Louis to my old hometown of Quincy, and apparently was just... A total card, uh, a total uh, fun guy and uh, character. Uh, there are stories I can't tell uh, here for our uh, more respectful audience, but but still. Uh, so, what are some of the more unusual, um, funny things that you've seen? Uh, people oh do? God! And by the way, I don't know if you want to include this in in the show notes, but there is a wonderful picture of this gentleman that you were talking about in front of a beer truck. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, my little video. That's you right. You should show that. It's okay. just, it's just right. an awesome photograph of Brad's relative in front of the beer truck. But funny, I, you know, as you can well imagine, I've I've done hundreds of these and I've heard sad stories, but I've heard a lot of funny stories. One that comes to mind. All right. I interviewed this guy who grew up in rural West Texas, right? He grew up on a ranch, and he had three sisters. And when he was about eight years old, one of his older sisters, and they had cattle, they had horses, sure. they had goats. A working ranch. Or a working ranch, right? One of his sisters, for some reason, was deathly afraid of goats. Okay. She, she couldn't stand Lives goats. Lives on the ranch with goats. Right. like goats. Okay. So That'd be a problem. dad is out in the fields doing work. Mom was in town. So the right. kids on the summer were just at home, right? So he tells this story. My sister was climbing a tree, which kids do, right? Sure, of course. So he says, out in front of the house, my sister's up in the tree, and I get an idea. And so I got a goat, and I tied the goat to the tree, and then I came back in the house. And the sister's up in the tree. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> and, of course, the next question is, how long... Or is she in the tree and you were in the house? He goes, I don't know, two, three hours. 
I said, what were the repercussions when mom and dad came home? He said, I knew I was going to get a beating, but it was the best whooping that I ever, it was worth every minute of it. <laughs> Isn't that great? That but is stories great. like that, Life. if they're not captured, they're lost forever. They're lost forever, <laughs> forever. And ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to have this stuff lost forever and i think your website is lifestoriesalive.com correct right go to lifestoriesalive.com and see michael's work and get some snippets of things that are going on but back to uh my grandfather and the bear trunk and the whole bit um when we're doing this uh, one of the things that i love and i tell clients about this and friends about this that michael did was he'll splice in pictures he'll splice in videos so um, Sydney's uh, favorite music group was the Monkees, of course. And uh, we get to say, which are favorite, the Monkees. And then there's, uh, I think it was Daydream Believer. It might have been Daydream Believer. And Michael has the Monkees, their little video of the Monkees doing Daydream Believer. It was really, you know, something that really caught the mood at the time and uh, brought it out more, uh, uh, just more visually and more uh, emotionally. Because there they are, and there's Davey and Peter and uh, Mickey. Mickey, and who was the... Uh, Michael Nesmith. Michael Nesmith, right. That's right. That's right. So this brings up, I do, and you haven't asked me this, but I, I do lots of homework before we ever show up with a camera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lots of pre-interview work, lots of things. So when I ask in the pre-interview, right, what was your favorite group? It was the Monkees. I... I grew up with the Monkees, too, sure. so I knew the story. So right. it's not just I grew up, what was your favorite song? It was, okay, which was the cutest, to a woman, which was the cutest? Was right. it Davey, Mickey, Peter, or Mike? Right. You know? And uh, stories come out it's about It's usually that. Davey, but sometimes <laughs> right. it's Mickey. And exactly. Then, you know, maybe a Peter out there and Mike, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's and just... Your story reminded me of a group that I had forgotten about called the Spiral Staircase. Oh my God, Spiral Staircase. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that was... Um... That was that was my favorite song in there too, right? So, these these things that Mike can do. Um, this is not a commercial for Michael, but this is something that, uh, again, is truly a once in a lifetime opportunity to capture your parents, to capture your own things that he and I did it for ourselves. We have three children. We have no grandchildren. Hopefully we will, but maybe we won't. But even then, we've got this to pass down to other people. And, and again, memories and the fact that we now have technology to do all this stuff is, it's just a total blessing. Thank you. It's a total blessing. Um, what kind of questions should um, adult children be asking their parents? Or what kind of things could be elicited. I think one of the things, and I may mention this a little bit, but let me go into more detail, that people forget to ask. They ask about the facts of the life. How did you and mom meet? You know, what was what was this all about? What was that all about? When you went through that trauma or when you went through dad's death or whatever, they should append that and clarify the answers with the questions of feeling. How did it make you feel? And again, what lessons did you learn from that? And um, just the follow-up questions. I teach a workshop and, and I, I give speeches on listening skills. And, and my favorite tool that will make you a better listener is the following. It's worth writing down. The next thing you say in any conversation, 
the next thing you say has to include at least one word from the last sentence that they say. Hmm. 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 That forces you to listen better, of course, and it forces you to pause more after they're finished because you don't know if it's the last sentence that huh. they say. Really interesting. So anyway, that that will help you clarify and ask better questions because you want to ask that clarifying question. Like when you mentioned the story about your grandfather's beer truck. Right. Right. What brand of beer? Greasy Dick. Excuse me? Greasy Dick beer. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Greasy Dick beer. It was made in St. Louis. <laughs> German beer, right? And uh, yes, it was a controversial name, but it's uh, so you still out there. And Michael had the picture of the right. Greasy Dick uh, logo and all that stuff. And uh, yeah. So Brad tells me about this, and I, of course, never heard of this. Before. Right, it's a little humorous. And so you go to Google, and you type in the name, and you find logos. And so when he's talking about that, the logo of Greasy Dick Beer yeah. comes up. So anyway. that's a, that, What a great family story that is, too, right? Yeah. That's such a great family story. But here's the thing that's going to be hard to do, um, convincing people mm. to do it. Um you know, um, I would like to think that, again, uh, people in their 50s, 60s who have older parents or 70s or 80s or 90s uh, may want to do it. But uh, grandma and grandpa, may, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. Why should I do it? Um, people call here and say, how can I convince my mom to get a will? And mm -hmm. it's hard to do. So how would you suggest, and you've had this conversation, I'm sure, oh, yeah. with people often, how do you get these older folks to actually do this? Um, as you mentioned, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's impossible. Um, one of the things that I, I mentioned to the person who's asking, which is usually the child, um, ask them, ask your parents, if, if you're thinking about doing this for your parents, ask them if they had a favorite grandparent. Uh, many of us knew well, sure some of our had her favorite grandmother and she was named after her and she talked about her all the time. Exactly. And then you ask that person, okay, it was good. What did you call that grandma? Right. Um, called her grandma. Okay. Ask that grandma, ask your parent if they can imagine going to a TV screen, a computer or a phone these days at any time they want and you push a button and you hear and watch that grandparent tell a story. How cool would that be? How incredible. You hear the voice. You can see their facial expressions. How cool would that be? Uh -huh. And then they answer whatever their answer is. And then you say, why would you not want your grandchildren and great-grandchildren to have that experience that you cannot have now because it hasn't been done? Now, that's really interesting because I think the normal person would say, well, I don't want to do that. That seems kind of too much focus on me yeah. and uh, I'm too shy and it seems kind of selfish. Yep. I didn't do that much of my life and yet do it that way. Um, and, and they would, how much would somebody pay for an interview? I would pay a lot of money for an interview with the grandfather. I did not pay a lot of money for grandparents. I did though. Yeah. Because I knew them when I was young and then they died when I was relatively young and they're gone and, um, you know, love them very much and they love me very much, but I don't have any stories uh, from them except maybe a few observations that I've got it. Holy cow. So that's really a great way to think about this. Um, have them imagine watching this. Um, yeah. Have, have them imagine watching this. And one of the reasons they don't do it, 
Um, Tom Brokaw wrote in his book, The Greatest Generation, a great book about that generation of people, and it's most older generations in this country especially. We are taught that um, to be humble. Um, and if you talk about yourself, you're kind of bragging, and that's a sin, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I wrote an article that I'd be glad to share in your show notes. It's called Being Humble is Nothing to Brag About. That's interesting. That's great. That's great. And That's it's great. a story of a multi-generational family in San Antonio that had a huge business, and the grandfather was in Patton's army, mm. went wow. Patton, knew wow. Patton very well. They knew each other. And anyway, at his funeral, the grandson who hired me mm -hmm. went into his grandpa's closet when everybody was at the house. You get sure, there at the house sure, afterwards. Sure. He goes into the closet, and in the corner of the closet, is an army trunk, you know, mm -hmm. those old green sure, army yeah, trunks, sure, full of dust. We've got my father-in-law's army yeah. trunks, right? And so, like most kids, they're curious, and so he breaks open the trunk, which was locked, right? And it had been locked since the war, right? And in that was a Nazi flag, was a diary of his father, his grandfather's trip through that. Wow. Original photos of when they liberated the concentration camps. Mm -hmm. hey, amazing stuff. But Grandpa was too humble to tell those stories. Wow. Wow. And, wow. and so you have to weigh it out. I mean, you really have to weigh what's more important. It's just invaluable stuff. It is just invaluable stuff. Um, what you've seen people do, you've interviewed many, many people. And by the way, Michael has a, a TED Talk uh, that uh, is online. You did, I think, a couple of years ago. You had another mm -hmm. one coming up. Um, so we're going to try to get some of this stuff out there too too you can uh, google michael okrent o apostrophe k-r-e-n-t correct right uh about Krent carpet in san antonio correct right um but you can look that up too and uh, but you've seen the afterward so we finally get somebody convinced to do this and i will say yes the prep is amazing city i got so many pictures together and so many mementos together if i could, could look at we had to go through an extensive uh, checklist and questionnaire on things so he had a bigger picture of us but the post word again the afterward when somebody sees it and the family sees it what kind of reactions have we got oh god the most common thing that i hear from my clients who hire me to do this for their loved ones is i've known this person all my life i never heard those stories some of those stories of course you, 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 some of the stories you've heard ad nauseum over and over again until you're sick of them right right but what you haven't heard is the answers to those questions that i mentioned earlier the whys the how did you feel the what lessons did you learn but there's always going to be almost always going to be stories that you've never heard before mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the cool thing for me personally is, and I don't know if you experienced any of this, but all, a, a lot of times I'll be talking with somebody, interviewing somebody, and they discover stories about themselves that they never knew. Hmm. Because I'm asking questions that go a little bit deeper into what happened and why did it happen and things right. like that, and connecting some dots that they never thought to connect. And that's really a cool thing, too, when they discover things about themselves. And that would be. I, I, I could see that. It, because... I mean, some people are very introspective. Mm -hmm. I'm not very introspective. Uh, I don't stare at myself in the mirror very much in the morning. I shave and I leave and brush my teeth. And I get the heck away from the mirror. But, uh, but um, you know, again, back to my uh, little situation where I, I my eyes teared up and I started to cry a little bit. We're talking about how I met Cindy and our relationship and all that stuff really took me by surprise. And, um, and a lot of this stuff will take 
uh, the family by surprise. Again, the stories they didn't know, and you know whether it was bragging or I just don't want to. And some of it maybe you know kind of start off with being a little embarrassing. But uh, I try to tell my kids that when bad things happen, bad things almost always make good stories. Absolutely. And there's a lesson behind the bad things that you, while you're going through it, right, you don't want to even think about that. But later on, you can always look back and realize there are lessons to be learned from that. How many people um, have you interviewed about that? Oh, Four life stories of life. I don't know the exact number okay. because my work includes non doing stories for nonprofits and for businesses. Okay. All right. And so you do that too then? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because right. especially family businesses, I'm honored to speak four or five times at Baylor University in Waco has a wonderful institute for family business. There's 15 universities around the country that have family business institutes. Mm -hmm. and, and family businesses are unique animals mm -hmm. in that if the story is told about the whys and the connections of the generations, it helps encourage and keep employees. It helps customers know that this isn't just another roofing company in San Antonio, this is Belden. Um, right. So it's it, it really helps tell that story. And for nonprofit organizations, hmm. I've had the honor of interviewing and doing stories for nonprofit organizations. And the sweet spot for that is if you have a founder, it's you know, 20, 30 years later, if you have a founder of the nonprofit that is getting up there in years, if you don't capture those stories of why they started and how they, and the struggles they had and the, how it makes them feel to see these things happen very well. Um, I did the history of Special Olympics Texas. Hmm. And we all know what Special Olympics is, but when you hear the stories from the people that started it here in Texas, it would be hard. It's sure. incredible. Yeah. On, on how much they give and the numbers and the number of people that they're the largest, if, if the statistic is still true, it's the, they're the largest supplier of eyeglasses in the state of Texas because they give away eyeglasses to all of these kids and adults that have special needs. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, I did not know that either. So this is more than just a family. This is uh, nonprofit family businesses. That's good. That's good. I did not know that. Uh, we've got family businesses that we work with, and uh, that might be something we want to do. So let's, we have a few minutes left, okay. so let's talk about how someone could connect with Life Source Alive, connect with you, Michael, and, and what that process would look like. Sure. Um, just by, uh, as you mentioned, the, the website is lifestoriesalive.com. You can, there's a contact page on there, connect with me that way. My email address, I don't mind giving out, is mokrent, M-O-K-R-E-N-T, at lifestoriesalive.com. Connect me with either of those ways, and um, we'll follow through. This, the procedure is real simple. We simply talk and we meet. We, mm -hmm. we talk about who we're, who you're thinking about interviewing and, and why, and, and I've done it. I, I've done it all over the country. I see, you've and, done it all over the country, so. And internationally. Right. Oh, good. All right. So yeah. our podcast reaches people outside of Texas. Oh, yeah. And uh, so you could fly to Chicago or Boise, Idaho. I've or, gone from um, Miami to Chicago to New York to Vegas. I've done it all over the place. I've mm -hmm. gone to Mexico and Israel and um, yeah, if a plane or a boat or a car could take me there, <laughs> good, I could do it. Good, good, and it's such a good experience. And really, the the interview um, 
is so well thought out, and it's um, and it's it's again uh, a personal experience, very low key. Um, the way Michael did Cindy and I is he interviewed her first, up to the point where we met to got go in our relationship. He interviewed me second, up to that same point, and then he interviewed us together. Uh, for the rest of the time on what it was like once we got married and had children and uh, our business lives and all that stuff, too. So it was really cool to hear Cindy give her story separate from me and give my story separate from her and then get together uh, and do it together. And so I have to agree. The fun thing about interviewing couples with that scenario is I have it's a two camera shoot. So the one will follow the person who's speaking and the other one is on both of them. Mm-hmm. So as I ask a question and Brad is answering, Cindy might be going, <laughs> you don't know what he's talking about. I'm not so, sure that happened in art. It, it didn't happen in art. It could have, but anyway, it's a fun scenario. It's fun. So I'm watching this and I see, is the there, no, eye roll every is so there enough side of this story, Cindy? <laughs> oh yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And anyway. It's a lot of fun. I've interviewed siblings together. Oh, wow. And that's Interesting. a lot of fun always. That would be fun. Because they share the joy of being siblings growing up together and experiences the happiness and sadness. Um, it's like Fiddler on the Roof. Sunrise, sunset. Laden right. with yeah. happiness and tears. And that's yeah. what we go through. That's great. Well... Thank you, Michael, for coming, and uh, thanks everybody here for watching and listening, and we are going to be back with another episode of the Estate of the Union soon, but this is Michael O'Krent with LifeStoriesAlive.com, and I want you to check it out. I want you to capture these memories. I want this to be in your family forever and ever. Amen. And speaking of amen, so we try to focus on godly things here. We want you to live a better life knowing that. And if we could help you here at the We Will Law Firm, now known as Texas Trust Law, we'd be happy to do that too. You can go to our website, texastrustlaw.com, learn more about us. Uh, and I, we've got you linked, I think, to our website. So we don't want to do that today. And you'll be on our resource page as well. So uh, it's great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll be back soon. Have a great day.